Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to come here today to share in your word the precious manna from heaven. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing that rests upon me, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in this place today and in the hearts and minds of all those who hear this message. I ask that every need be addressed and met in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I talk a lot about faith and talk a lot about grace because there are some that teach only about faith <laughs> and it almost sounds like a work, like something you have to do, and it's not. And then others teach only about grace and they make up stuff about grace and they call things that aren't grace, grace. Amen. So there's a balance of faith and grace that has to be obtained. And it's really just living a Christ-centered life. Amen? That's why Jesus said he wanted us to become like little children. Didn't mean mean he didn't want us to grow up and be responsible. It meant regarding him, he wanted us to be like these children here who... Say, my daddy can do anything, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. In Romans chapter 4, I just want to read something here about Abraham, the father of our faith. He believed God before there was a word of God. Just by something God spoke to him, he believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He made mistakes. He sinned in his life. But God counted him righteousness because he believed God. Amen. And we've been talking about faith some here. So I want to, I don't want to just, God has always put it upon my heart. Don't point out needs or problems with my children without a solution. We're going to be helped. We're going to be healed. We're going to be empowered. and We're going to know His love and we're going to be prospered. Amen. Amen. By this word. We're going to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 4. I'm going to start down at the 16th verse probably. Save a little time. Nope, it's so good, I'm just going to, I'm going to back up to the 13th verse, because it touches on what I was just talking about uh, without even meaning to, thank God. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, not through our works, not through our actions, not through his either, but through the righteousness of faith. See there? For it, if it is... The adherence of the law, if it's what we do, our obedience, our doing good, getting good, that does it. For if it's adherence to the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. All you got to do is behave and, and get get what you want, be a good person. Then what's, what's all this? Why, why do you even need faith? For... 
faith is no. For the verse fifteen, for the law brings wrath. Look at that. That's why we're not to be. We're not even to be mindful of legalistic things like that. You keep your focus on God, He'll keep you in perfect peace. On Jesus and His finished work. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. Now we know in this world there is a law and there is necessary to keep those who walk apart from God at bay a little bit. Not that good though. But if you don't have it, there's chaos and it would be much worse, right? But it's really not for the Christian. It's been set aside. God's laws for us have been nailed to the cross with Jesus. It says everything that the devil used to accuse you with, Jesus set it aside, nailing it to the cross. This is the real teaching of grace. Because what it's doing right now, it's making you say, so does that mean we don't have to be good? If you, if that question doesn't come up, then you haven't preached grace properly. But then when it does come up, and they say, should we keep on sinning? Heavens no. Paul almost cussed when they asked him that. But exclamation point, he probably wrote real big too. <laughs> God's got, not going to call you back to what He brought you from. Amen? Amen? But where there's no law, but the law brings wrath, but where there's no law, there's no transgression. Verse 16, which is where I was going to start. That's why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all His offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old. And when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. Who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. That's a good place to shout, folks. Amen. Yep. He told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. He was already old, and he kept waiting and waiting till he got a lot older. Now listen, he didn't do this perfectly, because Sarah was old too. 
Even when the Lord told them about it. The angels came to their camp and Jesus pre-incarnate and he told Abraham and Sarah was in there and he heard her laugh. <laughs> he said, what are you laughing for? Because she was old and she's like, this is, you know, not really going to happen. And it, and it got to the point where she didn't really believe it was going to happen and she thought she'd help God out. And she sent her maidservant into be with Abraham. Said, maybe this is how God wants to do it. Have a kid with her. And that's how they got Ishmael. And when we go out of God's plan and we try to help him out and do things our own way, we create Ishmael's. We're still fighting Ishmael today over there in the Middle East. Hello. But Isaac... Laughter, because that's why God <laughs> demise it, because that means laughter. And when Sarah heard about it, he was gonna, she's gonna have a baby. She laughed. Lord has a sense of humor. Yes, he but they did have a baby, and then you see in the Bible that when God talks about how He told him to go and offer up Isaac as a sacrifice, He said, "Your only son." What about Ishmael? He didn't even recognize that self-effort, you see? Nevertheless, I don't want to get off. I wanted to point out verse 20 right there. Because we're talking about faith. And we want to be strong in faith. Because faith is the hand that reaches out and obtains the things provided by grace. Amen. In verse 20, it says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, as it should not. We should not let unbelief come in. But he grew strong in his faith. <coughs> How? As he gave glory to God. Abraham's faith became strong. It was strong. Because he continued to glorify God. To acknowledge God. To believe and to trust in God. To keep his focus on the Lord and the Lord's promises. Amen. Amen. That's a key to having strong faith. If we're believing for something really good. For something really big. Say we even win a million dollars. And it... We believe in God for that. <laughs> He's not going to rig the lottery for you. But say you really want something really big and you're believing for it and you get it. Wouldn't you offer some kind of praise to God? Everybody's a little different in the way they do it. But wouldn't you offer up some thanks? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You came through. You were faithful. You would tell people about that. If you really love God... And you know God and you really were believing God for it. Not just wishing that and hoping like some people do. Which is not really faith at all. So when faith, when really we're really operating in faith. When it's complete. When it has done the work we sent it out to do. Which is what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to allow that faith that we have released to rest until it accomplishes what it's been sent to do. Amen. We're supposed to treat it like a servant. Not disrespectfully, but that's exactly how Jesus described it. 
He said anybody who has a servant, when he comes in from the field, he's not going to tell him, okay, go take care of yourself. No, he's going to say, come take care of me, and then when you're done with all that, then you go eat and rest. You see? And that's what he was talking about. So, when we're operating in faith, that should be something that's always present, that we're always aware of, that we're always doing, is being thankful to God, to giving Him the glory and praising Him. When praise is absent... Faith is weak. You see, there's not there's not more faith or less faith. We all have the measure of faith. You're coming down the chow line, you get a dipper, you get a dipper. The the measure. Okay? Now there's when they when Jesus talks about big faith, little faith, strong faith, weak faith, it's it's just like that. You know? I used to have some Pretty decent little guns when I was young and and I was teaching martial arts and being involved in sports and activities. And then as I neglected that muscle, it got smaller. And then recently I haven't been able to use my upper body at all, doctor's orders so to speak, and I've noticed that they have really gotten dissipated. Every time I talk to the doctor I ask, Can I just can I just incorporate some two, three, five pound weights just to do look. Nope. Not yet. And I'm watching as it diminishes, you see. But I, I'll get it back. How? I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them. I'm going to put them to work. And I'm going to build them back up, Lord willing. And it's the same thing with spiritual things. They, they get stronger with use. That's why I tell you, all the love, joy, peace you'll ever need, you already have it. It has. It's in your. It's in your spirit. If you've been born again, and the way that it gets better and stronger is as you use it, practice it, give it away, sow it as a seed, and watch God multiply it, return it back to you. Amen. <laughs> Strong faith, weak faith, praising God is a key to strengthening our faith. Amen. 1 John 5, 4. This is a good one to know, and probably you do. Let's just revisit it. It's not the, the Gospel of John. It's in the epistles in the back. He's got three little letters in the back after Second Peter. And 1 John 5, verse 4. It says, For everyone who has been born of God, raise your hand, if that's you, overcomes the world. Isn't that nice? Been born of God, you overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Even our faith. Amen? Amen. So faith is what overcomes the world. Isn't that important? (laughs) In the world we live in. It's not just to make sure of our eternal residence when we leave this world. It's for the sweet now and now. Amen. That's why Satan, he knows that. He knows this word. That's why Satan always fights us in our faith. Fights against our faith. Are you hearing me? Are you thinking of things right now? 
You, you understand, when you, every time you, you really want to believe for something, you get on the phone with somebody and they, they start out acting like they agree with you. Oh, I hear you, but, but you know, you just need to get your butt out of the way. Find a different friend to talk to. Sometimes I just want to hang up so fast. <laughs> Have you ever done this? Yes. yes. I won't tell. I won't tell. <laughs> That's why I don't do that video thing. No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and my wife can't do it because she can't hide anything. Her face shows exactly. <laughs> so animated. I'm like, can't you at least try? <laughs> she can't even be quiet. She's over there. Oh, I'm like, Golly, that's so bad. She's going to get on to me because she's going to listen to this right after work. I love you, honey. <laughs> but she knows it's true and she'll laugh with me about it. But Satan does come. Now, I'm not talking about him like he's some tough guy. My favorite movie, my wife and I saw this old movie. We, we like to watch those old movies sometimes because the new ones, yeah, I love old movies, man. My mother was addicted to old movies and she just made me love them too. And now I watch them because there's really nothing else worth watching. You know, they just remake everything if they can and they don't even do a good job of that. But we were watching this really old movie with Mickey Rooney, who's been... I guess Mickey's been dead for a while now, but he was just a little boy. It's called The Devil is a Sissy. I love that movie. <laughs> it is. You know, because he was an angel one time. And that's where this comes from. This man is talking to these juvenile delinquents, and he's trying to get them on the right course, you know, and talking. And they're talking about how he's telling them how they think they're tough by being disobedient and, not, and going against the grain and not doing what they're told. And he says, that's easy. Tough guys are the ones that stay the course. It's, it's not hard to, to blow off the rules and everything. It's harder to do it right. A real man does it right. And he says, the, the devil was an angel one time and he couldn't, he couldn't go by God's rules and, because he was a sissy and he got kicked out. I, I like that. So being, being bad is for sissies. It doesn't make you tough. Being tough is being a real man, you know, and, 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 and doing all the things that you're called to do. Taking care of the things that God gives you to take care of and the people you take care of. Things I didn't do well when I was young. And it leaves a mark on everybody. You know how when you just out there and just doing your thing, your thing. And people always, God will send somebody once in a while try to reach you and say, man, just leave. I ain't hurting nobody. Mind my own business. You know, you're hurting everybody. Everybody you know. Everybody that loves you. And yourself. Anyway. The devil comes. We're standing in faith. I'm believing God, I'm believing God, the promises of God. Everybody around you, everything on TV is telling you the opposite. The enemy is sending situations, creating situations in your life that look the opposite of what you're believing for. 
And all these circumstances. He can affect the circumstances. He can affect the winds and the waves around you. Amen. But we have power over the works of the devil. Over, over everything that he throws against us. Jesus has given us that authority. And we need to realize that that's a real thing. And just because we don't get answered to our prayer by the time we stand up, off, get up off our knees, doesn't mean the prayer wasn't answered. Amen. There is time in the spiritual realm. Remember when Daniel was praying and, and the angel said, from the moment you began to pray, twice he did this. Once it was a lengthy prayer. It took maybe three to five minutes to... And then by the time he was done, the angel was there. But he said, for when you, the moment you began to pray, the Lord sent me. So that took at least a, a couple of minutes for him to get there. The next time it was three weeks. Daniel prayed earnestly for three weeks. This is important. If you're standing in faith and you're starting to get discouraged. The angel came again with the answered prayer and it was positive. And he told him again, from the moment you pray, God sent me. But, I ran into a little scrap up there. The prince of Persia. I had a fight. And I had to call on the archangel Michael to come and help me. You hear me? They were battling it out, fighting it out. And here's Daniel down there. If he would have just stopped and said, well, I guess God didn't answer my prayer. All those angels up there fighting on his behalf, trying to get that answer, trying to get the word to him. He would have blown it. It's our faith that overcomes the world. That's why Satan is always trying to oppose us when we're trying to stand in faith. I used to preach a message all the time when I had about three messages that I preached. <laughs> and I carried up seven versions of the Bible and 14 books and 35 pages of notes. Scared to death. The five D's that Satan uses against us. Doubt, discouragement, diversion, defeat, and delay. It's good to know those things because the more you know his tactics, don't you want to know your enemy's tactics? Easier to overcome if you know in advance. Have you ever been at boxing or something like that? They talk about telegraphing. So that's somebody that always, you can tell what they're fixing to do before they do it. So easy to block, you know. Others are quick. They don't give any signs. The devil always gives signs. And he's a liar. He's trying to distract his favorite thing, and I guess one of the first things that he did with people is the, is the doubt. He tries to get us to doubt God's word and God's goodness. That's what he did to Eve in the garden, right? And Adam. <laughs> and if he can do that, then he gets us off course. He always wants to discourage you. If he can make your problems seem bigger than your God, he can get you discouraged. And diversion is another tactic. That's another D that he uses. He makes the wrong things seem attractive to us. He gets us diverted. 
Andrew says, you know how to destroy a man's dream? Give him two. (laughs) Defeat is the other. To make you feel like a failure. He does this to all of us. Rejection and defeat is something that we all have struggled with. Condemnation. That's his favorite thing. Make us feel like, who are you? It might be good for the rest of them, but not you. I know what you did, so do you. And he loves to remind you. And you need to remind him about your God. Amen? Amen. Because if he can get you feeling defeated, he'll he's trying to get you to give up. And then delay is the last one that I mentioned, and we all have a little procrastination in our life, probably, but he really wants you to delay in doing the things that God has told you to do so that it never gets done. <clears throat> if you if you never get started, you're never gonna finish. Sometimes people, I've met people who've been waiting on a word from God for years and years and years. Say, what, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? Well, I haven't heard from God yet. I'm doing nothing. And how long have you been waiting? Oh, about this long. And I say, well, what do you think he's telling you? Oh, well, I, you know, this is what I've been, in my heart, I really want this, but I've, he hasn't confirmed. You, have you ever heard the scripture, God will give you the desires of your heart? When, in Amos 3, 3 says, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? Once you get into agreement with God, he, he said it, that settles it. I love the Lord. I praise God. I love him. He's my best friend and I know it. Your desires begin to become his desires because you you assimilate. And so sometimes that that great thing that gives you joy when you think about that, that's that's him. Hello. <coughs> and of course you should pray about it first. A lot of people just go and do what they want to do and then they ask God to bless it, see? I did something like that this past year with some some cattle I bought at the wrong time and it cost me. And I knew it when I did it. I had to have peace. And I tell everybody what the peace of God should be the umpire in your life. And then so when I go, you know, I go against the things that I teach sometimes and I just kick myself all the way down the road and then I forgive myself and laugh at myself and just like I want everybody to be able to do because God still loves me, amen? No less. I think he laughs at me too sometimes in a good way. If you ever read my book, I actually heard him laugh before. <laughs> and it was a good thing. It was a loving, a loving thing. He said the same words to me that he said to about Jesus when he came up out of the, the water that day. Whew. Colossians 2, verse 7. Look over there. 
just a little ways back. Philippians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. There we go. Colossians 2, verse 7. I'll back up to 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. We abound in faith through thanksgiving. You see there? This is just confirmation. We should find several witnesses to the things we're talking about, and they'll all be in the Word. Every word is established by two or three witnesses. These witnesses. Here's Paul saying it right here to the Colossian church. Abounding in thanksgiving causes you to abound in faith. Strong in faith. Amen? Always be praising God. When? Before you see the results you're asking for. That's when it's really faith. I was talking to a guy a few years ago. Uh, he had some sickness. And I said, man, God wants you well. And he says, I hope so. I said, well, you're going to have to do better than that. Because that's not Christian hope. Christian hope is a confident expectation of good from God. And you're going to have to know it. And I, I can't tell you how many dozens or hundreds of people have told me, well, I believe it when I see it. I said, well, if you're going to keep saying what you see, you're going to have what you say. It's not faith until you can get your hopes up. Somebody told me one time, man, you shouldn't try to get their hopes up. I said, that's exactly what I want them to do. Well, what... What if, what if it doesn't happen, you know? I said, what if it does? <laughs> what if it does? If we don't, you know, it, it, Psalm 34, 1 says to praise God at all times. Just all the time. I know I, that's, that's my goal, especially when I notice that, that I'm, the Lord, that something is coming against me. And I'm not unlike the rest of you, you know. And I maybe, you know, everybody's different. Everybody goes through different things. Right? One of my favorite ministers was Derek Prince. And he, he's been gone for many years now. But he, he struggled his whole life with uh, depression. Severe depression. And... And then he read in the Word one day where it says that God would replace a spirit spirit of heaviness. And he determined that that was a spirit of depression with a garment of praise. And so he saw that as a divine exchange. And every time that spirit of heaviness would come upon him, he would begin to praise God. Sometimes the heaviest thing in the world is your arms whenever you're wanting to be negative and down and bitter 
you know, and sad. But if you can just lift them up and begin to praise God, God inhabits the praise of His people. And I'm telling you, it will help you. It will help you. Because God, you know, the Word teaches that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And we know that there are always angels present. There are God's angels that do His bidding. They're empowered by this Word. Spoken by you. Amen. (laughs) Faith-filled words. And there are fallen angels, which I don't even call them angels anymore, demons. They're present now. They're here. Both kinds. And they're with you. They're around you. There are familiar spirits. These are demons that know you as well as you know yourself. These people that can conjure up people from the dead and they'll get... Old, old Joe said to tell you hi. He liked baseball, didn't he? Uh, is he still he he was a grumbler. He's still grumbling, but he he says to tell you hi. That's not him. That's his familiar spirit that knew him. It's a demon. And if he can get them interacting, it's going to open a door for the devil to come in. You see, that's why we stay away from that kind of nonsense, horoscopes and all that. People laugh it off. Oh man, that's not it. Okay. You say so. But God says, stay away from it. I'm just saying. But real faith praises all times. Thanks God for the results that we're looking for before we see the results. And because of that, we have better results. Amen. And when we praise, when we're praising God, it's keeping us focused on what God can do and what God has promised in His Word instead of on the circumstances and situations that the enemy is trying to create to keep you as a diversion and keep you defeated and down and doubting and and all those other Ds. Right? So we see the the reasoning for this is, is the point, right? So whenever we want to get feel defeated or we want to feel discouraged or we want to doubt God's goodness or we want to procrastinate, if we would just recognize, hey, you know, I, I think the old, the old devil is trying, trying me. We'll be more apt to resist him if we know it's him. Amen? Those things don't come from God. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. I, I'm not the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the other guy. The one that I watched fall from heaven like lightning. He's a liar. He always has been a liar. That's what Jesus said. <laughs> if, a, if a snake or a poisonous spider was on your child, as afraid of spiders and snakes as you might be, I'm not too happy about like them myself. But if one is on my kid or my grandkid, I'm going to grab that thing with both hands and it's going it's to die. Even if it kills me doing it. 
If you could just see Satan and his attempts in your life and in those that you love the same way, you'd get it off of them. You'd get it off of you. You'd run it off in the name of Jesus. Smith Wigglesworth was a great minister back in the 1800s from England. He said when God got a, when God got a hold of him, it broke the hearts of 17 saloon keepers. <laughs> I identify with that. But he was a great he he had very strong faith. His wife had to help him learn to read, and it was the King James Bible, and that's the only book he allowed in his house. A minister traveled from all the way, from far away, to see him by train one time. He knocked on his door, introduced himself, and because he wanted to just know him and visit him and, and glean from him. He was a young minister, and he had a newspaper rolled up and tucked under his arm. And he asked if he could come in and visit with Smith. And he said, of course. He said, but that, you can come in, but that newspaper has to stay outside. He was full of the word, though. And he saw people raised from the dead. He saw, they said, there was no loudspeakers back then and stuff. And they said he would preach out on a, a corner. And you could hear him on the other side of the city. God would project his voice. I mean, just supernatural things abounded in his life he was on a, he went to uh, he went to Italy one time and he he got to talking to the uh, he went to see some of the sites there and he saw one of the uh, the priests from the Vatican and they got to talking and, and this priest told him you know you'd, you'd be a, you'd be a good Catholic and he said you sir would be a good Christian yeah. <laughs> Nothing against anybody. Love love everybody. <laughs> Look at Romans 5 and I'm going to... How long have I... Oh, I'm sorry. We're, going, we're almost done here. I want you to look at something else. Can, I, can we look at one more thing? Yeah. Romans chapter 5. Since I said we we're going to be in Romans. And I'm just going to start reading in the first verse. As I pass the second verse, I want you to pay close attention to it, though. Verse 1, therefore, and you see a therefore in the Bible, find out what it's there for. <laughs> Amen. Since we have been justified by faith, look at that. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. When the devil reminds you of your sin, remind him of what Jesus has done. Just as if I'd never sinned, by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because of our faith. Putting our faith in, in the grace of God, in His finished work. We have peace with God now. Through Him, this is verse 2, through Him we also, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, 
Though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grace is God's ability and provision available to us on an unearned basis. Amen. The power of God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us now. And he's just sitting there a lot of the time. (laughs) But all that power is at our disposal. Everything established through the atonement of Jesus Christ. You know, he took, by Jesus' stripes you were healed. (coughs) They say he received 39 lashes. Not just with a whip, but they had pieces of bone and metal hooks and that that they used to use, right? Ripping flesh. 39 stripes. And you know modern medicine? God said in the end times, even the earth will begin to speak to people. He's trying to get people to say, modern medicine has described 39 major, major ailments or categories of sickness that kill people. So, for each stripe... He took one away. Amen? It's available. You don't have to keep praying and begging God to do something. If you do that, if you pray that way, I'm not knocking anybody that prays. Better than not. Keep on praying. But just tweak your prayer life a little bit and begin to believe that you have received what you prayed for when you pray. The Bible says you shall have it. Mark it, chapter 11. Where was I? Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So, you know, back in Titus 2.11, he's saying, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. You see that? You know, Jesus died for... For all of our sins, all of us who know and love Him and have been born again, but also for the sins of everybody that doesn't know Him, He already paid for their sins. Are they saved? No. Why? What are we talking about today? Faith. That grace of forgiveness, just like every other provision through the atonement, prosperity, Peace and love and joy. Health. Is obtained by grace. I mean by faith. (laughs) Like I said before. That's what they call it. Daddy Hagen. Kenneth Hagen used to say. That faith is the hand that reaches out. And obtains the things provided by grace. That's why it's good to have a strong hand. A strong, strong faith. Amen. But look at this, for all the people who just teach grace and say that, well, it's all grace and everything is covered and you can do whatever you want. Well, this is something different. For the grace 
of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, training us. What's training us? The grace of God. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Grace is a teacher and a provider of the power and ability to be and to do all that God has called us to be and to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 2 said, Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. That's what I was trying to point out a moment ago. When we buy a ticket to a movie, my wife and I love to go to the movies. You buy a ticket, it it provides you access into that theater, doesn't it? To see that movie. And that's what's happened with us. By putting faith, our trust in what Jesus has done for us, now we have access by faith. That's our ticket. Faith is the ticket to the grace that He has provided. It's already on account for us. We don't have to beg God. We One time, I, I don't mean to keep using the same person as an example, but Kenneth Hagin just comes to mind. He was, he had a, I don't know, it was an open vision or, uh, or he was caught up or it was a dream or what, but he was talking to Jesus. And he had, just like all of us, he was very interested in what the Lord had to say. But there was a little demon. He said it was just a little, like a little, like a little monkey type thing. Just, you know, just a little pain in the neck. And it was running back and forth between them and making all kind of noise. And he couldn't, he couldn't, he kept, he couldn't really hear what the Lord was telling him. And he was getting so frustrated. And he was thinking, I wish the Lord would do something about this. Isn't he going to do anything about it? And Jesus never did anything about it. And finally, Kenneth told him, get out of here. And the thing took off. (coughs) And Jesus told him, I'm glad you did that. Because if you hadn't, I couldn't. When he said, it is finished. When he said, it's finished, he sat down at the right hand of the Father because he had given his authority. He had... Accomplished everything he needed. And he gave us all authority in his name to do his will in the earth. And now, I believe he'll sit and cry with you and laugh with you. And, and sometimes, but you're begging him to do things and he's saying, I already, it's already there. I already, get, I already did it. I Look at the holes in my arms and in my feet. I've already accomplished everything that you need to have what you're asking me for. Now just believe and receive. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's good. Amen. That's good. Jesus paid for it all. I had some other stuff, but I'm gonna that's 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 powerful. That is. I think the Lord spoke right there. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Just stay strong in our faith. Amen. Amen. Just just Praise God in advance of of the evidence. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Get your hopes up. And release that faith until you see the evidence. Don't let it rest. Just 
Just put your trust in Jesus, that He has already accomplished everything on your behalf, already paid the price for everything that you want, everything that you're asking for. As long as it's according to His will, not some ungodly thing that you're just being silly and selfish, something that will destroy you. He loves you too much. Make God's Word your authority. If He said it, that settles it. You got a problem? Go find a promise that it pertains to that and stand on it. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for this word today and for your love for us. We thank you, Lord, and we just praise you. We give you all the glory, all the honor. We thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price. Father, you have the perfect plan. And Jesus, you, you, you made the payment for that plan. And Holy Spirit, you are here now guiding us and empowering us to work that plan. We love you. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we love you. We thank you. We believe you. We trust you. And we look forward to all the good things you have in store as you continue to help us to heal us everywhere we hurt, empower us by your grace through faith, to give us greater revelation of your love and to prosper us in every way. We want that help so that we can in turn help others with the same help we have received. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.